coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. Here we go. Oh, geez, come on. Why do you have to do this, right? First, you, instant your video comes on, you're wearing a Harvard top, you're going through law school, and you've played in the NFL and professional rugby. This is like <laughs> Top Trump's wanker over here, completely. <laughs> Showing off, man. Oh, did I, did I ever tell you guys I'm also really intelligent as well as a pro athlete? <laughs> this guy. I'm dead. I'm brilliant. Oh. Uh, Christian Scotland-Williamson joining us on the podcast. Let's just dive straight into it after that. I mean, former Pittsburgh Steeler practice squad member and uh, and tight end in the NFL and uh, legal mind working to be one of the finest. Uh, are you going to be a barrister, Christian? Is this the, yeah, is this the yeah, end? Yeah. Oh, God. So you're even going to get the cool wigs. Great. Oh, are you going to be a KC now? It's not a QC anymore. KC. Well, hopefully. I'm probably about 20 years away from that, so stay tuned. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And you're younger than me. That's the other kicker. <laughs> oh, all my life's ahead of but, me. Oh, but it's great. To be fair, if you look at football, like soccer, Jude Bellingham is still like 18 years old and he's been to a European final and probably mm. makes about 100 grand a week now. So it's all relative. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all relative, but I'm still <laughs> at the very bottom of that yeah. train, is what you're saying. I'm on the wrong side of this scale. <laughs> Dude, how you doing, man? It's uh, good to see you again, bro. Yeah, you too, man. As always, as always, happy to chop it up with you guys tonight. There's a lot to talk about, by the way. These this week's features, bloody hell, there's going to be some games that go either way. Uh, that's just the NFL this season, though, mate. It's madness. It's it's very mediocre football. It's not been the mm. best football. Uh, but, that's what uh, Tom Tom Brady said it. He was like, "There's a lot of mm. bad football out there." Well, most of it was being played by the Bucks last week. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know, know if that was a shot at uh, himself and his entire team, but. I've seen Brady get more pissed off on sidelines with teammates this season than I have done in the previous however many years. I know it's happened, but like, mm. wasn't the Patriots all like high fives? Yeah, that's great. That's great, baby. That's what we want. That was like the everlasting clip of Brady on the sideline with them. And this year, it's what the him and Rogers are both irate at everybody mm. around them every well, game. Well, the thing is that Rogers is throwing to guys that we've never heard of, and Brady's still throwing to Mike Evans. So, like, it's kind of, I don't know, like he, he does, I think that they were expecting to run it back this year. Like they were strong last year. They won the Super Bowl the year before. They're expecting to run it back this year and they're struggling. And the way they're dealing with this adversity is not a good look right now. I think the whole um, uh, Tampa Tom effect is, is worn off where yeah. I think, I genuinely think it was a one season um, deal where, the impact would be noticeable first year. Obviously, you wouldn't expect him to go on a, a road run to the Super Bowl. That was obviously insane. But people are saying, oh, Super Bowl hangover, but it was two years ago. And I think more, obviously, there's the off-field rumours with Tom, but obviously, they had a few injuries in the receiver room. I really haven't seen Julio Jones do anything. I think is the writing on the wall for him, I guess, medically, because he can't really stay, mm. stay healthy, even though he's like one of the top receivers to do it. But... With that whole Tom Brady smashing iPads, berating his offensive line, all it take, all it would take is one of them to be like, "All right, I'm just gonna take it easy, one rep," and then just get smoked. So that's a that's a tough one to to really justify in the circumstances. 
Yeah, and I, I doubt he can take those hits like he could do. I mean, there's been a video going around social media that's kind of cropped up in the last few weeks, obviously because of the Grady Jarrett sack that never was. Um, oh, of can you imagine? Of can you imagine if somebody in the NFL did this to Tom Brady and it's a Bills defender just going shoulder? I mean, it's a clean hit on a standing upright QB, but he just goes levels Brady. And in fairness, Brady pops back up afterwards. But I don't think that's sort of the hit these days on a 49-year-old man or whoever we're talking about Tom Brady. Then He's not popping up after those. And I think this is more of a sign that he's feeling being in the NFL for like mm. the first time that he has done in a long time when he mm. takes a bit a few beatings as opposed to maybe time is finally kind of catching up with Tom but yeah i think that's fair i also just think that across the board defenses just seem to have caught up this year as well mm-hmm. like which is really nice to see like everybody we've talked about it on this podcast like the games aren't as exciting when you're not having scores of like 35 to 30 and stuff mm. but like the last few years, it the pendulum has swung so far towards offensive players. We saw in the offseason, like wide receivers getting paid insane money, like their quarterbacks. It is quite nice to see it. Like, like I played defense uh in uni, and like that was what really got me into American football. I really love watching good defense. And it's nice to see it swing back a bit. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like But also how much of that as well is poor quarterback play which is allowing yeah. defenses to shine because yeah. there aren't that many good quarterbacks in the league oh. <laughs> up like oh Dak Prescott's coming back and obviously the contract would dictate that he's great but if you actually really look at the production and the impact on an in-game scenario and the decision making like Daniel Giants are five and one probably going to be six and one after this week which is absolutely madness like Ollie you know we, we called that game no one had them remotely winning that mm. game mm. um but then you look at like a quarterback like Daniel Jones. He's an elite quarterback in in this season with his production. But like last season, season before, you think like, oh, there's no way. But he's quarterbacking a five and one team, and the results speak for themselves. So then, how yeah. much of that is like scheme and defenses adjustments, or are we just seeing kind of like a fallow period for probably sixty percent of the NFL's offenses? Well, I still insist mm. that it's the changing of the guard at the moment in the NFL. Like we were blessed with like a a litany of greats. Like you think of the era that we've just had Rogers, Ryan rivers, Brady, Roethlisberger, breeze. Like that's a fantastic crop of eight or so quarterbacks that are up there with some of the best all time, uh, passing yard leaders, touchdown leaders, et cetera. And you look now they're either gone or they're old. And Mm. because, and I'm, I, I know I sound like such an old record going on this, but because the current blend of quarterback is like mobile mobile we want speed we want mobile all of these guys coming out of college are trying to play college football in the nfl and Mm. defenses are so much faster so much better than in college that these guys don't have that same arm ability and aren't working on that arm ability the same as others i mean i'm always going to point to kyler murray i'm still going to stand by my at this point the way lamar jackson's playing He'll never win a Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson. And that's not me saying he's a bad player. He's a phenomenal athlete. But that quarterback level, you have to be elite with the arm to be up in those levels. And we don't see that. And we don't see enough of that coming through college either. And I think that's actually a worry that college QBs are so evolved around mobility Mm. at that level that we are going to start seeing not worse, but fewer greats maybe. I think think you're right. But then you've got... Just to pull you up on that, Ollie, we've still got Herbert, who you mm-hmm. love. 
Yeah, we've we've got Josh Allen, who's amazing, and we've who didn't come into the league throwing well. Josh Allen didn't come into the yeah. league. Yeah, he, he did not. Um, and and you so got like, Joe Burrow you, if he can stay on Jaylen his feet. Your boy Jalen Hurts as well is probably Let, my uh, third favorite. We just need to lay off on Philadelphia for a little bit because they are. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You're wearing the hat, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't not you're talk about it. On, you're Ollie. six and zero. Oh. Like, I know it's amazing, and I have spoken with. I was chatting with Richard Graves. Uh, friend of the show is a big Dallas fan and we had a very amicable chat on Monday which is weird because normally we'll be horrible to each other after a Dallas <laughs> Eagles game and he was like no Eagles were the better team you were better I was like this is a trap what are you what are you doing here and um but we both kind of said and I, I spoke with um Charles Wolfer from the Times as well this week who's a big Eagles fan and we all have said the Eagles are not putting full four quarter games together yet mm. and it is a defense and a run game that is still the main backbone. Hertz has done enough. He put on big numbers, obviously, and, and high-quality performances against the Vikings, against Washington. But, for mm. instance, when you needed him against Dallas, when Lane Johnson went out, and you were like, okay, this is a time that you need to step up now because you don't quite have that same offensive line in front of you. He didn't. Dallas got back into that game, and worryingly so on Sunday night. You know, but... At the same time, that's a stacked defense. That's the defense of the of the mm. season, in my opinion. And this is a second year, third second year. Is he second year, third year, third year, third year, third year? Is third year QB second year starting? Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's still going to be looks that he hasn't seen. Josh Allen's probably arguably the front runner for MVP, and he just got a big deal, and he's now playing at that level. He wasn't playing at this level at, at year three. Yeah. So at the same time, in terms of the quarterback like maturation through their career. Like I reckon it's like year four, year five in the system where you start mm-hmm. really seeing acceleration, unless you're like a Patrick Mahomes, of course. But that's just like the one off unicorn. Or, or you're that. Gino Smith and you're doing it at age thirty one. <laughs> He's or the or finest of the yeah. wines, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question then. Here's a question. Um Russell Wilson and the Seahawks trade, what was it like six picks? Three players, mm-hmm. um, plus the Broncos had to sign him to that Whopper of a deal. contract. Yeah. I think that's probably the story of the NFL, you know, this season because <sighs> yeah. that that yeah. Broncos defense is legit. They're yeah. only allowing what like six passing touchdowns first five six games, something like that, and they're they're holding it, and that is with the offense not producing anything. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably like the hot topic of the NFL is kind of like. Look at the Seahawks, what they're doing with Geno Smith, the picks, and they've got a few players. And then look at Let's Ride Country. Oh, yeah. Pete Carroll is just soaking this whole thing up. Like, it doesn't really matter what the the Seahawks record is. I mean, obviously, if oh, they cool. created if they created at the end of the year, but like if they say they finish, I don't know, nine and eight or something, like, and just miss the playoffs, I think Pete Carroll will just be basking on a beach somewhere like, I've nailed this. Mm. Like, so happy with himself. So do you do you think then that that second Super Bowl, the, the run pass, right? Yeah. Do you think that the legacy of that will cause people to question now, like, whose fault really was it in the Super Bowl? I still think everybody's going to look and say, you got to run that ball. There's no way you can not. I still, I still watch that game and expect them to run it. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> with the yeah, person yeah. they have a running back, running back as well with beast mode and Marshall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, this is what I'm asking. Then is it, is it the Russell Wilson we're seeing now that we didn't understand that he always was? That's my question. I don't um... think so. I think 
I think we always over-evaluated how good Russell Wilson was. And actually, the Seahawks system and the fact that they had always had a good run game that took a lot of pressure off Wilson as well mm. probably gave him a, a massive advantage. But I do think also, you know, we we saw Russell Wilson have some incredible strings of games and uh, some incredible seasons. You know, was it two years ago when first six games, he was like nailed on yeah. MVP yeah, yeah. because he was carrying that Seahawks side. So we know that's in him, but we also know that he could do it in Seattle. And there's something in Denver that I don't know what it does to quarterbacks. I don't know if it's the light air and they find it difficult <laughs> to throw in, in, in lighter <laughs> air or something, if it makes... But but some of the reads that Russell Wilson is missing, he's playing like a guy who's got absolutely no confidence in anybody else around him as well. It's it's not just him playing badly, but it's also him looking oh. like he's got no relationship with anyone. It, I know it's so it's like they didn't have an off season. Like mm. the 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 their complete lack of ability to gel as a unit. That offense is. I mean, the are they the worst in the NFL? The Panthers probably behind them. Just I think they're like I think it's Panthers than them for a point scored. Or That's something rough. That is rough from like expectations of where we thought, you know, they would be in that division and where that division would be. And then we're six games in and they are they are so hard to watch. Because people so thought hard. it was just plugging a QB in your Super Bowl contenders. I think that's why they yeah. paid that that massive contract value. I know. But isn't isn't some of it as well down to coaching and gameplay decisions? I mean, you saw yeah. what Melvin Gordon was yeah. like after the game when he was like they took me out of the game and I've got no idea why. No one's spoken to me. Nobody told me if there was a change in game plan. It was a really interesting interview. It was really well done by the, the woman from NFL Network who spoke to him because she just tiptoed around an incredibly pissed off player and got some great answers out of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that speaks to something because that was the other thing that Denver, it wasn't just a quarterback at the end of the day. They had a really solid run game already built mm-hmm. into this system. So it was like mm-hmm. Russell was going to be able to do it. So you have to point huge fingers at Nathaniel Hackett and what he and his coaches are doing in setting up this team to be able to win. And whether mm-hmm. it's a case of he's not the right guy to be in Denver if Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming with him. Mm. I think if you look at the Giants coaching scenario and then you compare it to Denver, there's it's night and day where the Giants are maximizing scant resources like they did when they came to London with no receivers and pulling mm. off a huge win. And then you've got a stacked defense, stacked backfield that can run it mm. and a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback and you're barely scraping mm. wins together. Are I you- think they'll lose in I think they, they could lose in London. Do you think they're under pressure too much, though, these coaches, Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, to use, say, Wilson and Rogers? Like, Rogers quite clearly wants to play that. The phrase has been used a lot, hero ball, in the last few weeks, mm. because mm. that's what he knows can, or has got them out of jail in the past. But both of those teams, when healthy, of course, and obviously it's um, uh, Williams is out at the moment in Denver but have two very strong running backs in the backfield that aren't getting enough carries, aren't establishing a run. And you look at last week with Green Bay, it was 3-3 at halftime. And somebody said to me like, oh yeah, but they were down, they were behind at times in that game. So they had to, they couldn't establish the run. It's like you had a whole half. No one was scoring. <laughs> look at the Giants game that we that we called. When the running game was winning in the game and then they just went to the air and had that those two drives back to back where they basically did like a three or four and out overthrow underthrow mm. suddenly you're under pressure don't convert move the chains and then you're off the field again give the giants the ball with momentum and that's why you're losing games whereas when they were actually going run game play action they were shredding the giants and, it's like, and we called it when we were um doing the game like why have they gone away from that 
Yeah, first two drives, they moved perfectly down the field as you would want the Green Bay Packers offense to move against a pretty good defense in the New York Giants. And then, and as you say, yeah, it was, oh, it's not complete. We're not racking up the points massively. Better start airing it out to these guys that aren't as good as what we used to have. Like, yeah, it's it's baffling. And whether that comes on Wilson and Rogers' shoulders as kind of field generals down there, or whether it comes on Hackett and Lafleur, I'm not sure. But like, particularly in, in Green Bay right now, that Rogers-Lafleur relationship is breaking a lot. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> with Rogers saying that he wants to simplify the playbook. And it's like, how much more do you need to simplify it? Like, it looks really fucking basic at the moment and you're not executing. And Lafleur has no idea what he's saying. Like, that's not a good look for a football team at this point. No, not at all. Just, just going back to what you're saying about uh, teams with bad coaches, can I just talk about Arthur Smith a little bit? Because I feel like he is in the running at the moment to being like one of the best coaches of the year for the Falcons. Is he is just making have... so much of like what should be a really, really limited team? Like there's guys we have Cordell Patterson down last weekend and we run for 150, 170 yards. And he's just pulling in guys that you've never heard of. And Huntley, Algier, like it's like Mario is carrying it himself. Like they've been they, they've lost three games, they've won three games. But the games they've lost, we lost the Saints by one. We just we lost to the Bucks by six, and there was that sack on Tom Brady that was not given to us. Um, and then we lost the other game by three, I think. So like, yeah, against the Rams. So I don't know. We've like been in all these games. I just feel like you're talking about uh, teams making the most of what they've got. Like the Giants haven't got like apart from Barkley that yeah, they haven't got a stellar team, like especially on offense, their defense is doing really well, but even on defense, like they were slated coming into the year of having like maybe a bottom five defense. I remember people talking about it. Like the, nobody was talking about the giants defense in the off season. And suddenly here we are. And they're one of the best and they're controlling games. And like, that is nice. It's nice. Like for me as a Falcons fan to see like my team getting coached well and like performing above where they are. Um, Imagine if you'd had this coaching like six nice. years ago. In a, I don't know, in a... <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that the Falcons beat the Bengals? I think that's a good matchup. Well, I've got them in my in my uh, in my bet this week to to beat the Bengals. So, uh, now, is that with your heart or with your head? Uh, that's with my heart, but I I often have a like I often <laughs> throw the Falcons in there probably when I shouldn't. But if you right, so the spread on this yeah uh, game six and a half. Plus six and a half for the Falcons, which I think shows a complete lack of respect, given what I've just said about the scores in their games. They've been within one score of every every game. Mm. Um, and they've just come off a win against the 49ers where they won by two touchdowns and shut them out in the second half. That was unexpected. That did surprise mm. me. Yeah, although the 49ers were massively yeah, beaten up. up. That, yeah, de- really, well, that really defense good. as well, was the defensive yeah. line in particular, was really out with... Yeah, Bosa was out. Trent Williams is out. Their cornerbacks <laughs> now out. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name. Their strong safeties out. Like they always seem like a team that's injured, don't they? Like since it Shanahan's what been I find there, interesting like... about the NFL as well is that um, people always think, like, "Oh, why is the guy breaking down? Why is the guy?" But from a sports science perspective, mm. certain teams consistently have more injuries, and to me, that speaks to an institutional problem in terms of training structure and performance, as opposed yeah. to the individuals themselves because mm-hmm. it's like what are these guys doing in the offseason what are these guys doing in otas mini camp training camp 
that when they get to it's only week six you'd expect this level of attrition week 12 probably mm. where you've yeah. got like a good good three months of, of football under your belt and people are either struggling to get to the bye or coming off a bye trying to get back healthy and mm. like managing themselves and then you probably see them breaking down but to have this level of attrition across the board i think speaks to more of like a a strength coach, sports science, load management style. Situation. Yeah, you might be right. I, that's I, that's I, sad yeah. if if that's the case. Yeah, just because it's so consistent. Yeah. With that, I mean, I I could imagine Salah, Robert Salah, when he was in charge of that defense, being like, "We don't let up," and putting people mm-hmm. through their paces in that moment because yeah, he is yeah. that kind of old school guy. Sure. And Shanahan maybe because his dad was obviously a coach, so maybe he's learned the older tricks of the trade rather than being. A little more modern with it, but he seems like a fairly switched on guy, it's, Shanahan. It's, it's, I don't, I think very he, clever. I think he treat. I think he'd be a good guy to play for, to be honest. Whereas, like yeah. you know, like AFC North football is nose to the grindstone <laughs> stuff, and like you'd expect it because that's the brand. Whereas, yeah, but then, then again, like Niners are strong running game in your face, and you only really get that level of aggression and dominance from carrying pads and hitting people. Mm. I mean, I'm only going to speak to your words with that, A, as somebody that was in the AFC North and B, that somebody knows about like preseason training and things like that in a hard-nosed division. I don't think my, my time in Aberystwyth during university in the one-week sports week before, uh, before and which included going out every night, is quite the same. So. Yeah, playing on a hangover, yeah. Christian, have you... So I've just been crowing about the Falcons. Ollie doesn't want to talk about the Eagles. Do you support? I know you played for the for the Steelers. Do you support mm. the Steelers as well, or have you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a Steelers fan from when I was a kid. Really? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was honestly nuts. It was so surreal. That's why wow. every every day I went into the building, I was literally pinching myself. I was like, this yeah, is yeah. Um, yeah. So I still support them, even though obviously it's uh, yeah. But but they beat the they beat the um, the Bucks. Like um, I was I was on that coup, and he's like, oh, Shocking. one of four. He sees done. I'm, I was like. If there's a man who'll get them out of a hole, it's Coach Tomlin. He'll find a way to to sneak a win or engineer mm-hmm. a victory. And he likes that winning a, record, doesn't he? That's a huge scout because you go one in five, that's horrendous. Like mm. that is legitimately horrendous. But yeah. two and four, you go two and five, it gives you a bit of a buffer. But they could win this weekend. Um, who are they, who are they playing this weekend? Sorry. Um, who have they got this weekend? I looked up. Yeah, I think it's a hard one again. We we're saying the Jazz last week it's that they've Dolphin. got a run of. They've got the Dolphins. Oh, oh and that's, that's had winnable. His first okay. game back, if two has his first okay. game back, we never really know. And he's going to ride defense as long as Minka Fitzpatrick's marshaling in the backfield. Then you can mm. kind of contain Tyreek Hill from having some super explosives. And then you just have to just like inch up the field, really. So that's definitely a winnable game. There's it is, yeah. Three and four, mm-hmm. and then it's it's not all's lost. I remember, I think we were one and one and four. Then we might have won five on the bounce or six on the bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And then suddenly well, it's a completely different story. Are the, are the Bengals the top of that division and they're three and three? I'm, I know they've got the same record as the Falcons because I looked at it earlier. Yeah, um, yeah the Bengals and the Ravens are, are three and three. Yeah, so like you're not... Fa- That's the crazy thing is like, so we're tied with the Bucks at three and three in our division. Mm-hmm. Like there's only a couple of divisions like Ollie's division. Although I guess yeah. the Giants are one back, but like where like the top and the bottom are so close. Mm-hmm. Like you could... You could completely flip a switch after the bye week, a lot of these teams, and people will have will forget about the first half and suddenly you're walking into the playoffs. Like... You have to remember, though, that the Steelers have just lost what was 
Jazz, who's normally the uh, the uh, the third person on here, Christian, who you're filling in for perfectly because you're not being a belligerent asshole like Jazz is. Yeah, but he it's is... weird. Yeah. <laughs> Quite but... warming to a Steelers fan. It's an yeah. odd sensation. <laughs> but he is a Steelers fan, and he has been cooing about the Kenny Pickett experience. When Kenny Pickett comes in, it's all going to be great. And he was in for like five minutes, showed a little bit, and then sodded off with a bloody mm. injury. But it, I imagine it's going to be Trubisky back under center again then this week, which. He didn't do too badly when he came in at the he back was, of last he week. He was like 14 of 17, 160-odd yeah. yards when he came in. If there's ever like a big FU game to have where you just think like, you've benched me, I'm going to come mm. out and torture. Because also there's no pressure. I think that's a big difference. Mm. Yeah. Some players, when the bright lights come on, like my, one of my tight end coaches like, don't start acting funny when the lights come on. As in like, when you get step up to the big stage, you better know what you're, you're going to be able to do because... Sometimes that, that's a big thing. Like in every sport, it's 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 half of it's managing pressure. It's like my dad always used to say with boxers, like it's a great, he's a great um gym fighter. But as soon mm. as it comes to the actual fight, they just they just crumble. And I don't want to speak to that being the situation, but maybe it's no, throwing down the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but, but genuinely, maybe it's I come in as a backup. No one expects anything from me. I've just been benched. I'm gonna show you, and that's my prove it style. Whereas the Nick Nick Foles kind of uh hero. Exactly. Status. Exactly. Fitzpatrick exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing though, he's gonna be starting this week, so we're gonna find out. Yeah, but, but he's still the backup though. Because yeah. Coach Tomlin said like yeah. it will be the start going forward. Because you can't flip flop because then that just messes the whole dynamic of that's the team. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um and so, but then it's interesting if he torches it and has like 300 yards in the air, which is probably not going to happen. But if that did <laughs> happen... We're getting very far ahead of ourselves right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get one win and the... So this is, this is the story gonna, of the season. The Everyone's like, there's a quarterback controversy. Every single time a starter goes down, it's like, oh, the backups won a game. As if the backups... Like the Dallas situation, everyone's like, oh, Cooper rushed it. I think it was just a medium like, like angle just to sell some freaking stories and get some clicks because mm-hmm. no one in their right mind, you have 160 million dollar quarterback who's gone down injured and you've won a few games because you have the best defense in the league and suddenly you're thinking you're going to ride um the backup to the super bowl this far out yeah that'd never that'd never happen never happen you gotta do it in week 16 week 15 that's when you ride the backup to the super bowl because it's a five game stretch (laughs) five game stretch you need to string together five games whereas from now you're looking at about you're looking at a season's worth of football to be mm. able to win with that guy. Yeah. It's not gonna happen at quarterback, unfortunately. Although you say no sane person would ever think that that's a realistic thing. You're also talking about a Dallas Cowboys organization that <laughs> decides to do the unbelievable and the insane Doesn't on every normal, occasion. Uh, you know, whether it's expectations, not yeah. getting set up properly, whether it's Jerry Jones coming out before his coach has even spoken to the media, or whether it's, you know, Mike <laughs> McCarthy unable to handle a freaking media press conference or whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> You never get never bet against Dallas in that sort of scenario in this season, really? man. It's been so weird. Do you guys like? Do you like the fact? Because you said the football's bad, the games are difficult to work out who's going to win, which is therefore kind of exciting. I mean, even mm. like the back end of the six o'clock window last week, is it worth losing a bit of quality of football to have this league that is so open right now? And there's there's only maybe there's two really good teams in the NFL this year, and everybody else is kind of there as well basically I, th- I think buffalo and kansas are the two standout teams in the nfl at the moment and you everybody else is your own team because it's one quarter every day <laughs> we do it. Just, i'm not i'm not gonna be the idiot who goes on record with this like six and oh fuck everybody yeah, yeah but there's a middle that. ground mate you can you can call yourself one of the I top think, three teams i think that de- i think that defense is i think that defense is is 
phenomenal in Philadelphia right now. And if everybody can stay healthy, then it's the best team in the NFC. And, mm. and it's really yeah. well schemed and really well run. And for instance, yeah. I mean, the way they took out Micah Parsons out of the game for a half, at least a half, and it was the crucial half that then made, made sure that Philly could establish a lead and get it done. That's massive because you've also just shown the rest of the league that you can nullify Micah Parsons if you really want to. So mm-hmm. I quite like that as the whole the NFL is a copycat league. Other people will look at that tape and go, how did they do that? Right, that's how we can try and mm-hmm. do that. And it suddenly forces Dallas's defense to adjust quite a bit. It's all about staying healthy. If people stay healthy, then, you know, fingers crossed because six and oh. But I also think Dallas and New York are only going to lose like three or four more games in the rest of this season as well. And it's going to be three teams from the East going into the playoffs. Can I just say as well, I don't mean to burst anyone's bubbles, but um, the year after I left, I think Steers went like nine and oh, and then collapsed at the end of the season. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. I think, yeah. they had, I think it's because they had a similar strength schedule as what yeah. the NFC East has this year. Yeah. So I'm not trying to burst any bubbles, but there may be some, some schedule stat padding a little bit a little yeah. bit a hundred a hundred i don't think you can read into six and oh being equal to another team's five and one you see what i did here i I dampened it all down are you guys like no get behind it you get behind it. it as soon as i got behind it you were like yeah but yeah, it's <laughs> great, is it? Brilliant. <laughs> you did this on air when i was like you're like oh christian sometimes it's good i'm like nah nah never there's a couple of things Oh, it's actually really good that they got the got the penalties. They got more field position. You're like, just said that. I was like, nah, different situation. <laughs> and I've got no answer back because I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it is. I guess I don't know the NFL. God damn it! <laughs> Hanging them out to dry. See, that's that's the legal mumbo mind twisting that you've got there as well, though. That's 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 very good. That's very mischievous. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I do think I, I do think it's is obviously it's great but I'm not going to get carried away just yet because mm. I think that all three of those teams could make the playoffs and all three of them could have a very rude awakening when you get into playoff football. I just don't know who else in the NFC is going to mm. actually give them a rude awakening unless and the Niners get healthy. Advantage. Yeah, Home field advantage as well, going to the link, is in Philly, when they know they've got a team that's performed all season, that's going to be a riot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was pretty mental on the weekend, to be honest, on Sunday night football. And... I mean, it's great at the moment for the city of Philadelphia because you've got the Phillies doing so well in the baseball. Basketball's mm-hmm. just coming back with a lot of expectation. Like, in terms of a sports city, that mm. place, if the Phillies win the uh, win the World Series and then the Eagles get to a Super Bowl, that place will explode because they really are the two biggest sports franchises in that city. Baseball mm. fills the void, which the NFL's on, uh, not on, sorry. Then NFL comes back in, everybody gets back on the Eagles. Basketball's there if they can not fuck up too much kind of thing. But yeah, mm. yeah, it's uh, it's a, and no one cares about the Philadelphia Union. Sorry, MLS, but like that's just the case, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's uh, it, but Buffalo and Kansas are the best two teams in the mm. league without a doubt, and we saw that last weekend as well. That was phenomenal. So, do you think when they run it back, who are you picking? Oh, I hope they play each other. That'd be so good. I really take, hope the Bills get over the line. I'd take Buffalo again. Yeah, Would you? I think that defense is better than Kansas's. That's always been the case, though. Kansas' problem has always been, okay, Patrick, you have to score more points. Mm-hmm. That's that's been the answer, really. It's not that they've had bad defenses, but it's not been the the shutout defense that you you need to really legitimize the defense, kind of carrying everything, you know. And I think I think Josh Allen is showing, and I don't think he can keep this level of 
physical play up for more than a few seasons. But mm. I think Josh Allen is showing his physical specimen as well as the improvements we've seen in his arm. Like physically, mm. he's more unstoppable, I think, than Mahomes. But they're he's two six, different. Six. Yeah. And yeah. built like a guy. brick shithouse. Like, yeah. As a linebacker, you wouldn't want to go up against him mm. at all. Maybe it's not that dis- he's not that dissimilar like to Cam Newton in terms of and I, I wonder what the stats are in terms of like rushing touchdowns at this stage of their careers. I bet they're not far off. And like Cam Newton's like the best like touchdown scoring machine the NFL's ever seen. <laughs> I don't know. Apart from yeah, Jalen Hurts, Hurts, man. Jalen Hurts, this this last couple couple strings. Not, not buying into it, not having you. <laughs> yeah, no, his legs are great. Yeah, not but he's not going to be able to keep this up for a long time and that arm's not great. <laughs> I, know, I can see what you're doing from a mile off here, mate. I can absolutely see it. <laughs> But the thing is, I think especially when teams say like a, a Buffalo and a Kansas play in season, the the second game is very different to the first because you have film, you mm. have you have in game yeah. experience that you can then adjust off of on, on in the second in the second bit. Like you look at the um, the Buck Super Bowl run, mm. they got annihilated by the Saints the whole way through, yeah. going to going to New Orleans and absolutely just walk out just having decimated them. Yeah. So but- I, I I would actually I wouldn't be I think if Kansas get an extra defensive guy, maybe in a trade or something, um, I think that I think Kansas will win. We'll get Tyron Matthew back from the Saints and save him from whatever he's become there. Oh, he looks lost there, doesn't he? It seemed, I thought that was a really good signing as well. I thought he'd fit in really well. Mm. Yeah. I think they're asking him to do too much because they let go. Who's that safety? They let go of Marcus Williams like two seasons ago, and they've let go of someone else. They gave away someone to the Eagles, didn't they, Ollie? Yeah, yeah. Brad, uh, What's Gardner. his name? Gardner, that's it. Came in and um, we got him in a trade like two And I don't know why they the looked, he was started. like a really like good starting player. safety. And it's like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Like, we'll have that. Yeah, for nothing <laughs> as well. It's a completely bizarre move. And the Eagles have gone from having a terrible bad. secondary to like absolute shutdown beasts. With like, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Big play Slay yeah. coming up. Bradbury in there as well. It's been great. Uh, you want to know Cam Newton, by the way, rushing TDs. Yeah. Uh, had 14 in his first season in the NFL. So I'm not sure Josh Allen, even just with that mark, is going to be uh, quite all right. But fourteen, yeah. I mean, what Allen's had? Josh Allen's probably he's probably averaging yeah seven or eight a year. Uh, Yeah, he's averaging eight a year at the moment in his first four years in the NFL. Uh, And Cam Newton had fourteen eight, fourteen eight six five. So he kind of dropped off after Mm. fourteen. Is nuts. (laughs) I'm glad you. I'm glad I brought that up because that's a cool stat to know. Yeah, fourteen. Uh, quickly, before we talk any more current football, Christian, just to ask you a very quick question. Julio Jones or Mike Evans? Uh, don't. <laughs> what, now or historically? Uh, let's yeah, go. Career, career, yeah. Career, yeah. Huh? Career. Really? Are you joking? It's not even close. I don't know. Julio Jones, 100%. I'm oh, thank Julio. you. Thank I'm you. taking Julio Jones. Some sense, man. I'm taking Julio I Jones. I think you might be one of the first that's like been so blunt with that question. Of no, who, who okay, who said Mike Evans and what are their reasons? Well, we wind Dave up because Mike Evans is thousand yard every single year receiver, absolute stud, and I still think he is that elite level of receiver mm. in the NFL. Underrated though, because he doesn't get that many plaudits. Yeah, well, that, and I think that's another point is that everybody's shouted about Julio Jones for so long. 
Mike Evans mm. has just got on and been an outrageously good footballer. Uh, right, the, that's the, that's the thing. It, it depends what question you're asking because Julio in his prime is one of the best receivers ever. Whereas Mike Evans has never been like a top three receiver, I would say, since he's been in the league. But like, okay. but if you if you're looking at the seat, the career now that he's compiling, especially as Julio's dropped off the last couple of years, and Mike Evans kind of continued, and he's in his like. Is it his ninth or tenth year, Mike Evans? Like he's been around a long time. And like you said, getting a thousand yards every year. He always gets touchdowns. He's had different quarterbacks, he's had bad quarterbacks as well, where there's like Julio's had Matt Ryan. Well, that's the other thing. Mike Evans great. has been in a bad Bucks team at yeah. some of their worst in the last few years. And you know, again, you lose some of the shine off that, don't you, when you're a receiver and your your team's getting boxed out in five wins a season. You're still yeah, yeah. Up. But it, I mean, I think that I've always taken it as, and the reason you wind me up is that you're saying that he is like a better player. Like if you're going to, if you were drafting, you're just on the pitch, like you're in the school backyard and you're just drafting players and you're like, oh, am I going to take Mike or Julio? Like, yeah, it, you're kidding me if you're not taking Julio Jones. Like, it's just madness. Yeah, there's no way. Because if you, there's so many different angles you can approach it from like, <clears throat> Who's going to take the top off the game? Who's be, who'd be more likely in their prime? Isn't it's not a question. It's Julio Jones, and then Julio Jones is like six four or something. He's like an avatar, and in his prime, is running the full route tree, and he literally gallops like a prime stud in bloody uh, horse races. Honestly, like I saw him um, in person um, play when they played Pittsburgh, and genuinely, I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Like he's just a freak, like genuine, just freak. Yeah, and his. Obviously, natural ability that's doing him a disservice, but him in his prime, it was him, him or AB, really, wasn't it? It was yeah. like the back and forth um, of who's number one. But he's big body that can run a little guy's route tree. Now, this is surprising. I didn't actually realize this. I've just had a look at this overall stats. Mike Evans has more touchdowns than Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's been doubled their whole career. Julio Jones is getting doubled every single game. Yeah, he was never he was never a touchdown machine actually. He had like he had that year where he got like 1700 yards and maybe like he got double t- double digit touchdowns. But he had like, almost a 300 yard game. He he did. He had a 300 yard game against the Panthers, which I think might be a record. Insane. I think Ryan threw for like 500 and he got 300 yards. So what you're saying is a lot like Amari Cooper. He's like splashy. You know, he has like a few <laughs> games and then he gets a few touchdowns and then he goes quiet again and he ends oh, has a big man. game and blows the top off and then goes quiet again. Whereas Evans I can't believe just... you. I'm actually, I'm getting, I'm getting filled with, I'm going to smash <laughs> something. I can't, I can't deal with this debate every time. You're killing me, Ollie. I'm just glad Christian's on my side. That's one for Dave. Putting that in the wing column. All right, it won in the wing column. Move on. That's also one of the reasons. I was only reminded of it because you keep putting the Evans jersey alongside the Jones jersey behind. Well, I have to. Well, so, so Christian, yeah. so I've got the Julio Jones jersey, <laughs> yeah. and then Jazz, who you haven't met yet, um, he bought me the Mike Evans jersey to oh, fuck nice. with me. But you know, in as a true sport, I put both up for the podcast. Yeah, I like it. But really, yeah. you're siding with the obvious. Yeah, yeah, and it it actually when I hang them up. Every time before the podcast, it fills me with a bit of like sadness that I'm doing it. <laughs> so, of yeah. what could have been. Yeah. Okay, then w- different question: Prime AB or Prime Julio? Prime Julio. Uh, Prime Julio, but AB is like the most impressive receiver. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I really don't know with that one. I love Julio Jones. AB in his prime was like money. Like seeing him, a- 
Roethlisberger could just chuck the ball up and he was going to get it. He's like, he's not a tall guy. He's like six foot, six foot one. He's and he was getting that ball. Head, max. <laughs> is it? I swear he's, I swear he's, he's six not foot. a big guy. He's not that. But he's that's, not that's why I but go But that's Julio. not tall though, either. That's no, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Ollie. No, I know. His, no, I know. His point but, of catch was like the same as Julio. But that's He's why like I would rather build around. If you if you were going to have one in their prime and the other in the prime, I would take Julio because I think Julio yeah. would. He's he's a bigger target. He would inspire yeah. more confidence. He was faster. He was, he was faster as well. Um, and unfortunately, it's so difficult to have that question as well because you know what an absolute piece AB is now. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's really, really difficult to take that Christian, off. Christian, you're right. Five, five foot ten and a half, which is even more impressive. What is going on? Which definitely means five ten. If they're adding the half on it, you know that's it's five ten. Ab, don't worry. Wow, you called it. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, five ten, 185 pounds. Julio Jones is yeah six five two twenty five or whatever, and runs like, like four four. Mm. Yeah. Five ten and a half actually is also the number of Spotify plays that uh, AB's had of his album. So you know that's pretty good as well. <laughs> it's good. He's he's linking it all together. It's very nice of him. <laughs> you see why I get looks every so often during those Talksport broadcasts, Christian, from people when it's like what I want to say and what I can't say. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Christian, yeah. tell me about tell me about tight ends. Then it's the position you play. Like mm-hmm. who's if you're gonna do a rank now. Like, current. yeah, current tight ends, and not just this season, but like uh, you know their performance over the last few years. Like, who's Travis your top Kelsey, three? Travis Kelsey's top. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of completeness, he fits that system because he doesn't want to block. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. not that he doesn't want to block, serviceable blocker, but that's not why you have him in the team. Sure. Um, if you want an all rounder, Mark Andrews. He's sick, isn't he? Yeah. I he's just, just, he's just solid, man. Like yeah. he's he's genuinely can do it all. Do it all. Yeah. Um, doesn't have a w- the wiggle of like a, a Travis Kelsey, but he's an anomaly, you know. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson's underrated because he's in a bad system. He's having like a, a Staffordy effect in mm. in Detroit, where if he's plugged into, let's say he's Tyler Higby at the Rams, I think mm-hmm. he's freaking going off. Yeah. I think that'd be... That, he's a specimen. A he's a big guy. He's fast. Mm. He's got mm. good hands. Yeah, he needs to go to another team, doesn't he? I don't know what yeah. deal he's on, but it'd be nice to see him at a good team. What do you think about yeah. George Kittle? Because I feel like I've drafted I... him in fantasy like three years in a row, and I'm so disappointed mm. in his um, like production. I know he's been injured, but... I think it's... it's Because also you have to remember the style of play he plays. Remember he's like pancaking defensive linemen, defensive yeah. linemen. Yeah, yeah. Like people forget that like the trenches is so attritional, especially when you're giving up 20 pounds to a guy at a time. And he was just running through people. His 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 yak stats, like yards after after catch stats. Remember that season, I think like four years ago or something. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. Like he's just trucking people for fun. That does catch up with you. Like it really mm. does. I feel like yeah. that explosion, that pop that we would have seen before, not that it's gone in any regard, but like system-wise. He's not getting the same production out of it as well as maybe his body's not giving him exactly what he wants in the same mm. way. It's just father time and like and snap count in that system. Like Travis Kelsey's not playing in that system. Mm-hmm. You have to need a very specific kind of tight end to play in that system. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got a bump, um, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it kind of and obviously like Gronk's now out of the league as well, who was another another anomaly. Um, 
when I was when I was coming up, um, and I had no idea. I just literally watched such a broad spectrum of, of guys and just tried to cherry pick different different pieces to develop my own style. Today, who's um, underrated because quarterback and elite brain, Jason Witten. Okay, I mean, I is he I, underrated? Unfortunately, I heard too many people talking about him too much in terms of like NFC East battles, and so you had to kind yeah. of. Yeah. What I will say is, what I learned from him is, especially back end of career. Limited athletes, unreal production with the limitations. Yeah. That's why I say underrated because, yeah, he got the plaudits and stuff like, oh, talismanic player. But if you actually break down his game, yeah, so smart and so efficient, like the definition of a vet playing the position yeah. because always in the right place at the right time, minimal exert, not minimal exertion, but understanding you have zero pop, you have, you're not going to dominate physically. So everything was technique, and running the option route better than anyone else and just sitting in his own. Efficient and football. Efficient is, football. Yeah, that that's the part. Sense. That's the part that I think is underrated about because everyone's like, oh, Travis Kelly, touchdown machine, all this stuff. But for me, when I was like really breaking down a film, it just showed me that there's more than one way to play the game. And mm-hmm. especially for him trying to add years to his career, it was really interesting because there's no highlight plays whatsoever. But half of you want from a t- of what you want from a, a good and elite tight end is is reliability and that's what he had um so speaking it from about it from that lens like that was actually really eye-opening because it's not you're not pancaking people like um like Kittle you're not scoring touch that crazy touchdowns running in the middle just improvising like Travis Kelsey and you're not Gronk mm-hmm. but you're still in the elite category because your production and the impact that you have on a game in such subtle ways when you actually break down film it's like either stuff that happens where you sit in the zone and then you're just like four yards, five yards, just churning, just small incremental plays. I think that unless you really um, take time to just watch a specific position, you really miss a lot of like the unseen stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that was really eye-opening for me in terms of how how um, how he played the game for sure. I think Dallas um, got it for... Um, Philly's a very good player. Yeah, yeah. Player. But that's been a, it's been a weird conveyor belt in Philadelphia because you went from Brent Selleck, really good, I thought very underrated tight end in the grand scheme of things. You talk about players that had longevity in their career and they had that Selleck had that for years, and then just as Selleck was starting to get to that, ooh, starting to go on that decline now. Zach Ertz came through in behind, oh, and, and then so good. At and then with Ertz, they did the exact same thing with all right, Dallas got it. We'll just bring him on now as well at the right time. There's just been three mm-hmm. consistent, really good, adaptable, versatile, but also multi-skilled yeah. athletes in that position. Uh, Ertz what was do you think about? Go on, mate. Sorry. What do you think about him going to uh, um, Ertz going to Cardinals then? I mean, I don't mind. Look, like the guy won us a Super Bowl, scored a game-winning touchdown in a Super Bowl. Uh, never said a bad thing about Philadelphia, never left with like a huff and a puff and like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. And he did like the complete opposite of the modern day NFL player of just being <laughs> like, hey guys, like I had a great time here. We had a great time. Everyone's decided it's time to move on. Like I, I'm going to enjoy playing against you, but I also really appreciate the, the team. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think that he just acted with a bit of decorum. Which mm. is so rare, you know. He didn't ring up the coach and put it on Instagram. He didn't mm. get rid of all the Eagles stuff off his social media while he plays video games or whatever. He just went mm. about and like, kind of kept it like a business transaction. Look, yeah. it's time for us to move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish him well as long as it's not winning a playoff game against the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, well, that's... don't worry about that. Think the, the Cardinals will make it to the playoffs. Well, no. I mean, I doubt it. But, but we were saying like how crazy the divisions are. They're one game back. 
and they look terrible it's to mental, me. Isn't it? It's One really game back. Crazy. Um, guess who's back? D Hop. Back this week. Fantasy. I'm needing. I'm basically needing it. But Cliff Kingsbury. Right, Kyla. You've been running around like a headless chicken because I haven't given you any <laughs> plays. I need yeah. you to launch it downfield, and we've got a guy coming back, and basically just throw it to him and see if you can just make something happen. That yeah. I think that's pretty much the game plan. Kyla, you know how you throw grenades in Modern Warfare? Well, you're going to have to throw, do that, like down to that guy and pretend he's wearing the same shirt as you, but pretend he's the one you're trying to grenade and yeah, and he'll get it. Yeah, we fine. That's great. If they had to coach him in terms of Call of Duty. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like we're playing capture the flag, but like the, the flag is in their end zone and you need to get over there and then. When you get the ball over the line, that's kind of like you've won the game, you know. No, Kyla, we changed ends. We changed ends. You <laughs> base switch, base switch, base switch. <laughs> new new game came out this week, I think it was, or it's out in the next week yeah. or so. So that thing about his performance stats and yeah. release, honestly, mad. So it's, it's so savage, and it's, <laughs> it's really damning on him. I mean, I love whoever went and did the 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 research to to have a look at all that. <laughs> But it's really damning. And it means there's going to be so much more scrutiny with Hopkins mm. coming back as the new game is released to see yeah. whether it goes up or down or kind of middles out or what. But um, well, who's your fantasy lineup then, then? Is this the 888 okay. official sport? Yeah, 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 it is. I'm, I'm three and three at the moment. I've had a couple couple blips, but... Me and Ollie are struggling to hell in ours. Really? Oh, Honestly, it's my first time playing fantasy and it's so... It? Frustrating. It's so frustrating. Like it's ridiculous because yeah. sometimes, like, I hate it. My team on paper's unreal. Why have I got no points? Why have I lost randomly to someone <laughs> who has no idea what's going on? Okay, so my team is Justin Herbert, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Hopkins, oh. uh, Tyler Lockett. But I have Keenan Allen on the bench, and I don't know if he's going to play with hamstring. Mm. I'll swap those eventually. George Kittle, Chris Olave, Chris Boswell. And I've got the Bills defense, but they're on a bye. So I drafted in the Broncos and Philly. I've got AJ Brown, but he's on a bye. That's why he's on the bench. Wow. Yeah, I mean, how, many have, how many have you got in your league? Uh, it's a 10 person league. It's not that oh. many. And, and we've only got three person bench. I was going to say that's uh, a really good team. Yeah, three person helps yeah. bench. It means you can't smash people. It's mm. it's so hard because sometimes you're like, yeah. like last week I just took the the loss because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna drop someone um for them because I had Derek Henry on a bye. I was like, there's no way I'm dropping him. Mm. Um, so I just I just took took the L for the week um because I didn't want to lose anyone else. Yeah, but um, so you've been carrying Hopkins been carrying. so far then. Wow, stashing him. He I, better come and perform for you. Now. I did. I, I need it. I did that in the other <laughs> league that I'm in, not the one with Dave. Uh, so I'm now at the end of this season. I'm going out with AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, and DeAndre Hopkins as my three well, wide receivers. In what, a, the back end of the season, in a twelve-team league as well. That's, yeah. Oh man, that's madness. <laughs> with, Have you got three number ones like that? So we we you can do um, uh, three keepers, but you can only oh. keep a player for three years maximum. Mm. So say if you take Justin Jefferson in the fifth, next year he'll cost you a third. Next year he'll right. cost you a first. And then oh, if okay. he costs you a first or a second, you can't keep him again kind of thing. Mm. So it's quite a good way of like, it stops people hoarding talent right at the top. And it mm. really encourages smart picking further down like 10, 11, mm. 12. Because you can then have somebody who's an absolute stud and sticks around for ages. So yeah, I think Jefferson cost me like a sixth or a seventh this year because he was my keeper from last year. 
But yeah. Oh, what? That's incredible value. Yeah. And then Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, and Josh Jacobs as my three running backs. Jonathan Taylor, disappointment this season, though. Yeah, yeah that's no, Indianapolis rough. all over, though, right? Mm. Is that it's really weird? It's is, really weird situation there. Is yeah, what do you is that coaching? Is that Frank Reich? Is that Matt Ryan getting to grips with a brand new team? I think is that Matt Ryan's a season late on that switch? Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's the right fit right now. I don't I, I don't see much positivity coming from that marriage at all. He uh, had a good uh, he had a good last game though. Yeah, but that's one game. Like he's an elite quarterback, yeah. you'd expect that. Like you're gonna produce. Mm. But it's it's the consistency of it. And then also you don't have the bell cow of Jonathan Taylor doing like 2,000 yards rushing or something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's, a bit, it's weird. Who have Indianapolis got this week? Because I, I, I the Titans. The, that's, that's who's winning that. I think Titans win that. I'd I say know. the Titans are the favourite. I did bet on the Colts, but just for getting the... Uh... That, yeah, that's it. That feels like a real coin flip. Like the Colts does, last yeah. week showed you. I mean, they were out of that game at one point against Jacksonville. They looked like Jacksonville were mm. kind of giving them the rundown midway through it. I mean, last week was one of those weeks where the fourth quarter just seemed to flip so many different mm -hmm. games. I mean, that Jets Packers game was awesome. Yeah, awesome to watch. Who would have picked? Um, and then didn't Sauce Gardner put on the cheese head? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I went. <laughs> Lazard knocked it off. I went, I went Jets on Talksport last week because Will and Nat Did both you? went Green Bay, and I, I went. Look, we're bringing them the game. We've got the live commentary oh, of it. We're doing it with the Jets Network. Like, I'll go Jets. It's fine. So that's another one for the freaking uh, visitors oh, on no, the no, uh, on the show because they do a rankings of Will, Nat, and then guests have a like grouped pick 'em thing. Um, mm -hmm. And at the moment, guests are winning by I think three against Will and then against Nat. So the actual hosts of the show are not doing well at all <laughs> at this point. <laughs> If only you could transfer that knowledge into winning some bets, Lolly. That would like yeah, no, it's not it's out. not working out. Yeah, Christian, sorry, we do like a six-team accumulator each each week as well to try and see if yeah. we can win some money on here. We just never win. One of my mates taps me up, right. and, I, and I was like, okay, uh, for, you know the game we for when it was um, Green Bay Giants. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is the one. I think the one team that lost was the, the Giants won. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry, mate. Like, I didn't. Everyone, everyone thought it was going to be that way. I think um, interesting ones this week as well. Browns, Ravens. Browns are two and four. Ravens are three and three. I feel like it's a must-win divisional matchup for the Ravens. I'd expect them to come out on top, but divisional rivals and also mm. Nick Chubb on the other end. And is Deshaun Watson going to play this year? I don't know. I've seen some weird videos of him missing some pretty easy throws in training from because he hasn't played for a year. Yeah, he's not. He's going to come back in and just be tortured. I, I think you have to play him because you've paid that much money. In the same mm. way, you're going to have to play pay Dak or play Dak because mm. you paid Dak. You're you, going to have to play. Watson. Do you think that it matters where the Browns are? Like if they're potentially playing for a playoff spot by the end of the season, or when's he when's he due to come back? Week eleven or twelve? Twelve, uh, I think. It's a 10-game suspension. They've got the bye. It's basically against the Texans in week 12, I think. Right, so I guess, back. do you think it depends what their record is then? Whether they kind of no, maybe sit in for the him. rest of the... Okay. I think, I think they'd good. love to do it under the radar. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, throw them in somewhere. And you can't do that, A, with a quarterback, and B, with it being the Texans as the first game. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. like the NFL went fine. If you're going to have him... We're going to have him returning against his former club that's also implicated in all of this absolute shitstorm. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, they love a storyline. The NFL's like, I think they've been chatting to Vince McMahon for a little bit of WWE <laughs> scripting. <laughs> well, well, well. Let's not start casting aspersions about our great overlords behind the shield, okay? You know. <laughs> but have you seen the, the ownership stuff that's going on at the moment oh with the, God. The, the commanders as well? It's madness. And then who the Colts owner came out and said, Oh, I think that. Um, he should sell the team kind of thing he should be mm. anymore Jerry Jones yeah. has made a comment this week as well about uh, about something to do with the owners and like we're not going to be bullied around and everything but Dan Snyder has just apparently sat on this treasure trove of dirt which doesn't touch the owners anyway I mean we saw that mm. with uh, Kraft like get Handy J's all you want if you're an owner and pit the and then get, just has get married go... uh, get married three years later yes yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I think it's definitely interesting from uh, just a whole NFL branding perspective because the image of the game is like, obviously, you have to protect the shield and stuff like that. So, obviously, Roger Goodell works for the owners. Mm. He's a, his contract situation is dictated by the owners. But then it's like, you don't, you never see the owners come out like this. It's almost like they're, um, they're like, the Illuminati who just like band together <laughs> and then like you hear from them occasionally when it's like CBA time but apart from that just, it's relatively quiet really from the owners in terms of speaking about each other's organisation so that was quite an interesting development in the past couple of days I think um, it's like it's like mutually assured destruction isn't it I guess it's mm. hard to come out and set a precedent of getting rid of an owner but I mean I ho hopefully they do move them on mm. I bet there's a lot of pressure behind the scenes because like you said it, it's a big distraction Mm. And I don't know, like he's a, clearly a scumbag. So. I think, I, but I think the last thing you want is the last thing the NFL wants is the owners being the storyline as well. No, and that's that, that's not in the interest for it to be in the headlines at all. I don't think yeah. that's. I don't think that's good for anyone. I don't think it's good for um, the players or the future of the game, all that stuff. I think it with with stable, especially having played for like the Rooney family, and then hearing stories about other franchises and stuff. Mm. I was thinking about this the other day is that like Mr. Rooney was like shook everyone's hand was always visible always around and then you forget the guy's like a billionaire like so so <laughs> cool even he might text me um like when my parents were ill and stuff with COVID and stuff like that and that like really hit home and then when I'm seeing stories like this of other organizations one it made me grateful for playing for for good ownership because especially coming from where I was coming from having no experience it made a big difference where um I was really welcome and 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 made to feel like at home um but then on the flip side is that um not all ownership is equal not all playing situations are equal but as a consequence of that ownership too mm -hmm. um so it's just an interesting development because then it's like okay if they do oust this owner what's the criteria for the new ownership as well because there's a bit there's a big rebrand needed for that whole organization they've changed the name they've put in a new is it new new president um, I think they put a new president in uh, last year or something like that, or a new GM. At the, at the commanders, yeah. At the commanders, yeah. yeah so yeah. It's like, I feel like intentionally they're trying to go about scrubbing it and, and mm. restarting and, and starting with a fresh face. So I think it's good because it kind of, it's almost like a modern reboot of a values-based organization that they're kind of trying to put, put a face on it too. Um, but it would just be interesting of the process of getting rid of a billionaire. Ultimately, especially yeah, if he's a part trying... owner of the league, yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. trying to hold people to ransom already. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and enough stuff has been leaked out of Washington that's cost people their jobs already. I mean, just ask John Gruden when it's like, wait, you you, you were never hunting for me in the first place. What the hell's yeah. going on? It's like, well, John, but you did say these things, so <laughs> unlucky, mate. Um, but do, do you think ever actually, you know, if, if Snyder ends up getting pushed out, do you think the NFL encourages an owner from outside of the US like qatari based ownership maybe or mm. you know latin american they're trying to expand the go the global game they're doing all of these mm. initiatives to get like push teams out to specific areas of the world you know asian ownership chinese part ownership maybe you know there are a lot Ooh, of billionaires out in the world be very popular well I, d I don't think it would be very uh, popular until a you ccp could... member uh going after an NFL organization well yeah okay china would be a, a bit of a, a bit of a loose one for them but you could see them not being up for it until somebody says, but think how much this will grow the game in that country as we push more into the European market. We push more perhaps into the, the Middle East yeah. and Arab market. Like mm. these guys like making money at the end of the day. That's the main thing. If we can keep making more than three billion a year, that's what we want. So I just wonder if they ever see that as an opportunity as well in the current kind of situation we're in. Maybe. It could definitely be a conversation. Because uh, if you look at even the American ownership in the Premier League um, with the Glazers and, and um, Arsenal's own, I can't remember what his name is. Cronky. Um, Cronky, that's Just the paid one. like 250 million to the city of St. Louis. That's no more players for Arsenal in another transfer budget then? Yeah, so. yeah. Madness. <laughs> oh, well, the top of the league, so it's absolutely fine. Um, but I do feel like football ownership... I feel like football ownership is not slightly different, but... Um, was it Shad Khan, uh, the Jags owner, mm. obviously like one of the few minority owners in the league. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because ultimately money does talk and international expansion is at the forefront of the NFL's mind. So it would really make sense if, if something came open, as well as you also remember it's like Virginia based, like in terms of the geography of the country, it's not, it's a, it's got, a, it would have a fan base that is more, I guess, globally minded than some yeah. other yeah some other situations so it actually could be a good fit for uh, a non-domestic ownership group but, to come but but then we just had like tepper took over the panthers like two years ago so there was an opportunity then and it was an american who got it and a hedge fund american so like mm. really american i wouldn't like, want to be the like, i wouldn't want to be the middle Street eastern guy. guy taking over in north carolina like no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i wouldn't want to be the first guy stepping into that arena into the into the nfl in that place you know i think yeah i think the location would say something like if it was in like a new york based franchise as well i don't know maybe though because new york's got that punchiness about it that they probably mm. want like hey we want a fucking america out of this game i'd be surprised it's an interesting i never thought of it before it's an interesting discussion like I'd be surprised. I think that that's an, an exclusive club. I think that they would be I'm not yeah. sure that they would approve that, uh, the other owners. But um, I don't know. You never know. You said, Christian, that you um, obviously had uh, the Rooney's reach out to you. Have you had much mm. kind of contact with the Steelers since since you left with many people in the organisation? Just stuff? individual relationships, really. Um, yeah. I think for my own peace of mind as well, Like I, I did distance myself from it. Um, Definitely initially, because like obviously when stuff comes to an end, it's it's tough. Um, mm. uh, but I still, yeah, I still text like three or four of the people like probably weekly, That's um, which is really nice. Okay. Especially, it's, it's strange the life cycle of the NFL. So I was rookie class 2018, so coming up to five years yeah. end of the season. Yeah, yeah. And 
the number of players that I came in with who are still in the league, is, it's not that many. It's mm. really not that many. And especially players that you look around, so not even just with the Steelers, but you know you know who, who's rookie class your, your year. And I'd probably say 80% are out of the league. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's now that I have a bit more distance from it that you kind of really realise that, that that three-year NFL not for long thing is it's true it really is true mm. especially on the on the non first rounder end because I saw a seventh rounder get cut before before final roster in rookie season so drafted in April you're gone in August didn't play again and went to Alabama as well so big time program wow. and and it, it's you don't get it did some workouts and then just phone doesn't ring you're on the Jeez. sofa in, on the street and so like seeing those realities it, it really does make you realize like it is very very difficult to have a successful and prolonged career in the nfl like you can have a two three year career and try and make the most of it but that's why things like i guess like having like a tanking concept is quite strange because then it's like well to me especially having gone to the steelers where it was like super bowls or, or, or it's a bad season which is that's how it has to be. Because if you're really trying to win and go the distance, you have to have that mm-hmm. as that's the standard. Um, so then when you kind of think about the fact that like some organizations obviously aren't in that position, then part of the reason why they might not be getting over the hump is because then really the only incentive for guys to play is money. Mm. Mm. Is that really a championship mindset? Well, that's when you get a team like a Jets where you've just got everybody's playing for their individual self as it was like a few years ago right I mean yeah but that also rounds for like 20 years yeah does that championship mindset come from and this kind of my own thoughts as well but does that come from a coach does that come from the family or the organization that own this franchise or does it Mm -hmm. come from I mean the the most I would have thought for instance with the Roonies they wouldn't get a coach unless they had that mindset. So you'd argue that the mindset comes from the Roonies, for instance. Yeah. But then you could have a coach that goes into a place that maybe doesn't have that sort of attitude and can bring that mindset in to, to some extent, mm. at least. I just wonder where you think would be the most important place to have that mindset and where that kind of comes from. It's all about culture. I think ultimately it's that kind of pyramid where if you have a hands-on owner like Mr. Rooney and the Rooney family, they're very involved in selecting the right person that fits how they want the team to look. If you have a hands-off owner who just comes to game, sits in a box, never see him at the facility, then that picks based on a, a different different metrics. Then you go down the level. It's like, okay, the head coach, what kind of culture is the head coach trying to create? Because, you know, you hear about some really toxic cultures where... Mm players don't really like playing for for the organization or or that leader i thought you're gonna give us a name i thought he was gonna give us a name well the the jaguars last year like yeah that's an easy one i guess yeah yeah, that's an easy one Uh, oh my i can't run it like that but then i played with ben roethlisberger marquis pouncey um cam hayward and i would say ownership unbelievable didn't really have to get involved because they had the head coach who set the standard for the whole coaching pyramid then within that when stuff goes wrong the head coach steps up takes it but when stuff's rolling it's actually very much internal it's all player-led like shut the door no coach in the room like you're one and four this is unacceptable 
Do you yeah. know what I mean? That, that's, that's, a, that's a championship culture where it has to be top-down management and like, guys, get up for this. Like Coach Tom always to say like, there's not, there weren't really many rules because if I can't get you to do what you're meant to do, I'll just find someone else. And also it's like, you're not the person I want in my team. So it's a very easy decision. Yeah, I don't have to lay down the law because you should no. know what the law is. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really good way of doing it, actually running on accountability more than anything else, personal accountability as much as anyone. Yeah. How excited were you that James Harrison had left before you turned up? <laughs> I heard stuff, you know. I heard I heard how he was with rookies. I went uh, halfway through my first year. I was hearing some random stories about how James Harrison was with rookies, and like I'd always watched him and be like, "Oh, he's so sick!" And especially because he's outside linebacker, and I was a practice squad tight end. Yeah, I would have been going up against him. Yeah, and are you can guarantee him being six foot, me being like six nine, whatever? He would try and pancake me every single snap in practice because I already had. It was honestly Steelers practices, especially with the pads are on. Tasty, it's like a game. I think that's that's why I really valued as well was because my practice reps were as close to a game as I could get. I was going up against TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt every single day, um, and that's what made me better because every single snap, even if it was like a walkthrough, I'm getting different looks from like hand techniques, different ways of like okay, this is how they set up different rushes and things like that. So it was huge. But I know that if if Debo was there, um, practice would have been like an even more scary experience. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought ge- general day-to-day existence would have been more scary, to be honest. Like, oh, I wouldn't yeah. want to see him in the lunchroom queue, let alone in lining up in front he's of got, him. He's got a scowl, that guy, isn't he? He's yeah. terrifying. Uh, it's just, he's just blessed with the perfect resting bitch face. It's, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, I know I don't want to leave you uh, on here for too long because I know you need to be studying and everything like that. Uh, but we should run through our bets for this week and, okay, uh, go on. and see what we've got. Yeah, go on, Dave. Oh, yeah, see what you think. Yeah, let me pull this up. Have now, got... I'm I'm known on this podcast, Christian, for being, um, what should we say? A wuss? Uh, a bit boring, a bit of a wuss uh, with my bets. <laughs> I tend okay. to get odds in the kind of 20s and 30s. Yeah. I've got a 73 to one, which is massive for me. <laughs> massive. Give so it 73 to one. So I got the Falcons beating the Bengals. Happy I think that. that's a loss, but yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think any bet that you're putting on this week, though, if you're not taking the Falcons spread at plus six and a half, I think you're mad. Um, But yeah, I've got them to win because I'm a homer idiot. Uh, Cleveland Browns, I've got plus six against the Ravens because the Browns are in every game. And they're they're, they're scrappy. They're kind of like the Falcons, them. like, mm. and the the Ravens just can't close games. Like they are so hot in the first half, and like Lamar Jackson looks great, and then they mm. just they are just peeling off in the second half. So I think that's a good one. I I took Tampa Bay against the Panthers just because it's that should be you never know with the NFL, but that should Is be. Is Baker Mayfield tip. still starting? No, I don't think he's going to be starting this week. I think he's injured. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which because they asked they asked DJ Moore about it and uh, he listed three of the four quarterbacks on the roster. Couldn't remember one guy's name and was like, oh, "Whoever's playing, it just doesn't really matter to us." <laughs> so it's not Donald. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like it not Jesus. Donald, I don't think Donald will be ready in time. I think it'll be um, the guy they brought right. in last week. I can't remember his name. Okay. Off the top of my head. Oh jeez. Yeah, okay. So that, you'd hope that was a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took that as an easy one, and then. Yeah. 
I got the Giants against the Jags because I yeah. I don't believe in this Jags team. I think they're three games. Also, it's more that the it's more that the Giants will go to six and one, and so that everyone's like, how? But yeah, yeah, yeah they're, yeah. they're they're nailed on for that one. In they're my just opinion. getting just the best schedule, like we talked about earlier. And then I've got yeah. the Colts over the Titans. Now I th- I'm chasing the odds there because they are slight underdogs against the Titans. What's the spread? Uh, oh, it's not a lot. It's like two and a half, I think. I'd yeah, have to go back. It's a real small one. They're they're both mm. really closely matched this week, which is a bit. Um, I, I think it's a coin flip, like Ollie yeah. said. So, um, you know, I I went with Who the underdogs. Home field, Titans. Uh, yeah, uh, I Titans. Yeah, Titans. Yeah, yeah, it's at Tennessee. Um, but I saw something from Matt Ryan last week. Uh, so you, so think I'm that, you think Matt it. Ryan's going to go into Mike Vrabel's house with mm. Eric Henry in the backfield and? come out with a win do you yeah, think we'll derrick henry has looked like derrick henry of this year yeah. he has. i've got him in my fantasy and it's just been like <laughs> yeah it, honestly it's the curse of running backs getting paid you know well do you think it's mm. that's like a psychosomatic thing like you just instinctively lose a bit of your like vump if you know you've got also you, you have to remember he was their whole offense for three seasons yeah well i mean yeah. the the war of attrition on a running back is always going to be one that they end up losing but yeah i just mm. wonder if the you always want to pay them like one year before everybody mm. gets paid, kind of thing. Yeah. So do you think Saquon's going to get paid? Oh, I read an article. One. I read an article. What's his contract? They'd, they'd be foolish to. Somebody was what? saying. Has he got one year left? Or no, is he is, done at the end? Is this he, is he, it? This is fifth year. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be tough because he's going to his agent is going to be all over it. He's oh. he's been playing unreal, but in terms of the Giants organization, there's so many other holes you need to fix. Oh no, they can't afford to give it him like eighty million. He deserves it though. In my opinion, he deserves to get paid yeah. a good amount of money, but I don't think he'll be with the Giants. Uh, there's always the question of longevity when you've had two seasons played with injury, one completely out, one last year not fully fit for most of it as well. Mm. I mean, this year's been great, but already last two weeks that shoulder that he did in London know. had cropped up again last week as well, and you're like okay, now we're looking at a, a duff knee and maybe a duff shoulder too. And those are two yeah. big things that you can lose and lose and don't get back properly. But mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, Dave, you were... were oh, no, no, I'm just listening. Uh, and then last one, Detroit Lions plus seven against the Cowboys. Who have you picked? Who? You've what? gone You've gone with the Lions to cover the spread. Lions to cover the spread against the Cowboys. Lions cover the spread at home? Or are they... At, at, at Dallas. Yeah. So you think that the Detroit Lions are going to go into AT&T Stadium? I'm not saying it's going to happen. Off the back of the Cowboys losing to the Eagles, and this is arguably a mean machine tune-up game for Dallas. Yeah. And you think that is is that coming back this game? Don't think so. Don't think he's going to be back ready. So basically, you need the Lions defense to just you need Cooper Rush to basically just shit the bed and. Uh, throw like three interceptions. Well, the cow- the Cowboys don't score a lot of points, so I've got that, and I'm just backing the Lions' offense Ooh. to kind of show something and Dak- get within seven. Dak was full um, participant today in training, actually. And if there's ever a game to kind of get some reps, see how you're going, it could be this one. It could be. I mean, look, look, Christian, I'm chasing odds here. All right, we're getting to 73 okay. and one. This is historic for me. All right. But the reason why the odds are there. The reason why the odds are there because it's unlikely. You've got two terrible picks already. But you know, but do you know how many times this season already we've gone? <laughs> God, what would the odds have been for this, this, and this happening? Yeah. There's been like three or four like major upsets that you're like, oh, if only I'd back that it's as getting my that, upset. It's yeah. getting that confident. I'm probably feeling myself as well because I was like. I was within two minutes last week of winning my bet last week. 
Mm-hmm. And then I will, I got four out of six in the end because the Ravens lost. And who else lost, Ollie? I got uh, screwed loads, over loads by someone teams. else. Well, <laughs> I think 16. Half, 16. half the teams, yeah. <laughs> but someone someone else lost that I bet on and, uh, and it screwed my bet. But yeah, I don't know. It's unlikely, but 73 to 1, Christian. I'm going to get it. I'm getting it. You know what? If it, if it comes in, what, how much are you putting down? Oh, just a pound. We only do a pound. Yeah, Jazz yeah. does 10 pounds because he's a gambling what? addict. Yeah, he's a gambling Oh, he's, he's got that rich lifestyle. He's got that champagne taste. Yeah, he's... Mate, he's, mate don't you don't know the joke. half of it. Like, I, I, I don't even know with this guy. Like, he's 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 too much. And... um. That that's just the betting that he tells us about. So what's going on yeah. behind the scenes? Like, oh, there's so there's so problem. much of that. Well, it's yeah. not just the betting that the problem is. It's everything else he spends money on as well. I mean, yeah, new golf clubs. <laughs> like Ollie, should I get this microphone for the podcast? It costs like fifteen hundred pounds. Uh, <laughs> all this stuff is he's, crazy. Buying buying me Mike Evans jerseys that he yeah. you know just it's just for because he's telling you the times he loses his bets, but secretly he's like a betting kingpin that's all just coming in every week. I think he'd tell us. Yeah, uh, we definitely he find stay out. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we'll have to get you back when Jazz is here as well, so you can meet him and realize oh, that yeah, 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 he's definitely not what you're it trying is to pay the, him It is me. crazy. This is the week that he's missing when a uh, ex Steelers player is on. I think he's probably <laughs> going to be a bit upset about that. But, uh, um, we had to replace a Steeler for a Steeler. I'm just trying to keep the balance ready on this on this podcast. Yeah, to know, be fair, right. it would be too many Steelers for me. I might have to miss that one. If yeah. Uh, also, for Christian's sake, the number of questions about so what? What Mike Tomlin like? <laughs> What was he like on his cereal oh, in the morning? God, what time did yes, he get in yes. in the morning? Do you, when's, when's the first time to say Christian's hello to him? Christian's like morning? looking at his watch within two minutes, like, TJ, I gotta go, guys. You play with like... TJ Watt. What's TJ Watt like? Did, was he friendly? Is he your best friend? I think he's the best player in the world. Did you think he was going to be the best player in the world? I mean, it just would have been disastrous. Yeah, don't oh. worry. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll uh, leave, we'll talk, leave that. Talking, right. of, talking of jazz, yeah. we've got his, his bet is a uh, what, oh, yeah, seven, 79 to 1. He's going with the Falcons to beat the Bengals. He's going with the Giants to beat the Jags, the Jets to beat the Broncos, the Lions mm-hmm. to cover the spread, the Chiefs to beat the Niners, and the Titans to beat the Colts. I think that'll come in. That's more likely to come in. That's, A lot uh... of those are similar to me, though, pal. Got... <laughs> you see what he does? He'll, he'll... We've got Lions. <laughs> he'll, no, he'll you're in my head. He picked, he picked Tennessee at home, and he picked... Yeah. Um... Uh, no, he's, he's gone with the Giants. He's gone with the Falcons. He's gone with Lions, plus seven. That you criticised heavily, and uh, although I didn't say, I stayed away from the Jets game. But uh, yeah, he's gone Titans. I think, Jets, I think the Jets will beat the Broncos. I think yeah. the Jets are Broncos. Yeah. I do like that bet. Right, fair play. I do like that bet. Those yeah. good. And the Chiefs will murder them. The only iffy one is the Lions to cover the the spread. Apart if you really, think I know. I don't feel good about it. I'm, yeah. I don't feel good about it. So I'd had a, a couple of drinks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what have you got to three hundred to one or something? One hundred eighty nine to one. Oh my god! <laughs> He's taken every underdog in the six o'clock games or something. I'm almost all of them are underdogs. Yeah, there's, right. Uh, there's only one overdog, so I'm taking the Browns to beat the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I am taking the Giants nice. to win against the Jaguars. Oh, and the, that's a problem. And the Jets to beat the Broncos. I'm yeah. taking the Bengals to beat the Falcons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm taking the Colts to beat the Titans, and I'm uh-huh. picking the Lions to beat the Cowboys. Oh, to the beat the two, Cowboys! The last two are gonna mess you up. Yeah, I can't see the Lions. Those are the, the two. Cowboys. Those are the two that I was like. The last two. That's that's that's, 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 that's got... where the drinking came in. Anyhow, the Lions go into AT and T. I just want to watch Stephen A. Smith on first take with Michael Irvin. <laughs> 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 
Oh, that's that would be brutal. Point. I just wanted that Jerry Jones camera, the full footage for the last five minutes, if that happened. Just watching him in his box, Jerry looking down at Dak, doing nothing, looking at Zeke, oh, yeah, it could doing happen. nothing. It could happen. Micah Parsons has been shut out all game because the Eagles have shown everybody how to do it. That would be... Yeah, but I'm also... I enjoyed the Lions ride at the start of the season. I didn't get on board yeah. when everybody was like going, oh my God, they're amazing. Are they going to be a great team? But I do uh, think they're a good enough team that can cause problems for people if they want to. And it is the NFC East, so nobody's that good. So, yeah, I yeah. don't I don't like Ollie. Uh, this is another thing, Christian, a trope on the podcast. If we all three of us go... We don't tell each other our bets beforehand. Mm. If all three of us go on the same team to win, we... Definitely lose. lose. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> lose. So the fact that we've all gone for the Giants, it means that this is a whole you've, complete you've waste of time. The Giants to go to their second loss of the season. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, over. it's over. It's over. Trevor Lawrence will put up 350 yards in the first half. It's game over by that point. It'll all be done. Um, oh, also, well. you never bet on an early game. You never take a Thursday night no, football no, or a London no. game. You oh, never. It's, it's madness. That's those are the ones that are just like it's a, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. TNF is a mess. I don't know. I, what we had no touchdowns. The Broncos like, are on TNF every week. <laughs> well, aren't they on they're prime so time boring. again? This no, they're, they're not so on prime boring. time. They've got two more this season, I think. Yeah, yeah. That oh Russell Wilson's God. a grade A psychopath. <laughs> that that advert is so funny. Russell <laughs> Wilson. Um, but yeah, there's not many like when we we again we've spoken about like games coming up every single week, and it's there's not many that you know Bills Chiefs got you excited. Mm. this week it's all that because of the messy football yeah you know i'm not expecting tampa bay carolina to be exciting unless tampa bay make it exciting themselves i think bengals falcons is the best game of that six o'clock genuinely i'm not just being a falcons fan i think that's going to be the tightest most fun game i think i, th I think browns ravens that could be good yeah fair enough yeah. Rivalry. and i do yeah, love so... watching nick chubb run as well that is like nick one of my chubb. favorite things in football yeah, yeah, and, and watching Miles Garrett get to Lamar Jackson will be fun. Honestly, that guy's enormous. He's a beast. Uh, well, if you're see, saying that, I feel better then. Yeah, yeah, because he, he's just like <laughs> when I went over there, because especially in England, like you walk, I walk down the street, and like I'm probably one of the biggest people in the country. To be fair, um, <laughs> you go over there. There's by high fame and people. ego, or by size, what? <laughs> <laughs> But you genuinely, I went over to America and I was getting thrown around like a rag doll in practice. Yeah. And I, I, I did a high school practice with Evan Neal. I'm looking him eye to eye when he's 16 and he's 360 pounds. I'm just like, they do not exist in England. People like that. They don't. They just categorically do not. It's not a thing. Is that and the it, growth hormones in the milk or? I don't know, man. Like the NFL is literally just, there's like people pretty much bred for it, bred for positions because... Uh, they're just enormous they're just huge huge people huge humans and the fact that i could get shoes in size 15 over there just says it all <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the, it's the country you were meant to be in really right 100 i'm like oh things fit <laughs> um yeah i mean do you think the international player pathway does obviously it's provided some players but <coughs> do you think it becomes a a, a real avenue eventually for like consistent amount of people to be playing or do you think because i think the academy is the long-term future of international okay. um more so because uh 
Will Bryce and and and, and James do a really good job of like literally scouring the whole earth to find talent. But I know the work it took me to get like a whisker of of even touching a fifty three man roster, mm-hmm. and it's abnormal like effort and commitment and and stuff like that. And I don't think. I don't think it's easy to close a gap that's hard enough to close when you play the sport from six years old mm. on a consistent basis. I do think that there are international guys who can do it. It's just about being able to find them at the right time, at the right age, with the right attitude, which is... It, like, look at GMs. GMs get half their picks wrong. And these are guys that got a huge sample size and from college. And for the pathway to produce FA, Jordan... Uh, Samus Reyes, who I think he just signed for um, the Bears. Um, Morris Boring who got drafted. Um, having that in the spread of five years, if you were an academy program, you would take that as a hit in terms of like, if you're, say you're Man United, you get that many players coming through to play the first team. It's amazing. Um, so in terms of consistency, I think they'll continue to churn out like one or two every kind of, two, three-year cycle who's like a legit player to be able to play on Sundays, whether it's whether it's special teams or like bottom-end roster and then, and then grow through it. Um, but I think the long-term future of the international game is going to be getting guys into college and then at least giving them... Like for me, my first football practice was rookie minicamp at the highest level. That's and like the stress associated with all that is just... It, it is crazy and it takes, it takes the right attitude to be able to handle it. Um, so I would say that it is viable, but not at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think scale comes from the junior end, which is how do we get guys seventeen to nineteen or twenty, get them into a into a into an NCAA setup, and then get them at least get the cob get the cobwebs get the errors out before you hit the main stage. Yeah, um, and then it, then then yeah, it's on for sure. Three years of playing in college creates more instinct than. Exactly, because I would I, I would say I was ready to play. I was ready to play in my third year. My first year, absolutely not. Couldn't foot, put one foot in front of the other. Learning football, learning system, learning living in America, new place, coaches, new culture, all that stuff. Second year, knew the playbook like the back of my hand, but those the instincts weren't really sharp until I got to November. Then after that, it's like okay, let's go. I know what I'm doing, but I'd already I'd already had a four year professional career anyway, so like. I had those elite habits and 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 what it took to be a professional. I didn't have to learn that at that level. It was yeah. more of learning football. Whereas you throw in the professionalism element, the performance anxiety element, all of those other stuff, all of the other stuff that you have to learn when you want to play at a, at a high stage. That's another year onto your development curve, in my opinion. Coaching at all for you? I know you're going down the legal route, but mm. have you ever thought about, you know, putting on a headset? For fun, I'll Maybe. do it for fun. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't, I, you wouldn't ever want to go and do like some coaching. No, somewhere no, 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 no. That coaching, that coaching lifestyle. It's like coaching lifestyle is basically like the grind of a lawyer, except you have to deal with athletes and your jobs on the line based on how they do. Yeah, does that make sense? So, yeah. like, I could think I'm the best coach ever. But if I've got a mule that I have to turn into a stallion, like <laughs> if I, that's pretty much what my coach was tasked to do. Like I was a mule in terms of football experience, but like had the body type and had the the willing, um, and I had to upskill so quickly. So like luckily it worked. But if you've got someone who doesn't want to put in the hard yards, for me I couldn't handle that situation because respectfully it's not worth my time in yeah. terms of like 
if if I found someone that was willing, like say how I approach the game, 100%, I'd run through a brick wall for them. But there are a lot of athletes who rely on their natural gifts and don't put the work in to be a true professional. And um, I think I just butt heads with them. Yeah. Well, we I just think the lifestyle as well. Like we we had Rich Wurzel on who um, went to Aberystwyth University where me and Ollie went and then is coaching now in the college in, in America. And how many places did he say he'd been, Ollie? Like right. he's lucky he's got like a really supportive wife and family and stuff. But and I think he's, he's around the country. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. he was listing them, and it was like Georgia, Michigan, like just like Florida. Like I think he'd hit like maybe six or eight states. It sounded like that guy in, in Chappelle show when he's like, oh, "We're gonna go to Washington D.C. We're gonna <laughs> go to New Jersey. <laughs> we're gonna go to Florida." <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah as well that's the equivalent of going like okay i'm in london oh my job's in moscow next week like yeah that's the that's the geography of it all it's not like you're going from from uh like say north london to south yeah yeah and so, as you say every single week is like a job interview every game mm-hmm. is basically a job interview mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. dude man it's been great fun catching up with you bud it's been as always, well, always world class guests. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> if you ever fancy doing this around. weekly, <laughs> I'll add that to I'll add that to the the law stuff and all. I had to do my calendar today of like what I've got coming up, and I was like, oh shit, I'm basically just going back into training cap mode for the next eight weeks. <laughs> just like no room to come up for it. <laughs>